Hello, Winternet. This is you and Spence and DSE Insight calling. Po, po, po. Cha, cha, cha. Eurovision, Eurovision. Ra, ra, ra. Coming up in the show, Edgar writes a song, May writes a song, and everybody in Portugal writes a song. It is, after all, a song contest, as many in the community are want to say. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome once more to ESC Insights Insight News Podcast to look back at seven days in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. And my, there's been a bit of a stooshy with everything. So much going on. We need a full podcast to catch up on everything. Thankfully, podcasts can be as long as necessary. But we'll try and keep this down to about 15, 20 minutes as normal. As always, as well, www.escinsight.com is our website. You can go there, you can leave comments. We've got a bundle of articles going up there talking about the song contest and bits and pieces around it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash escinsight, so you can support us there for the price of a nice coffee once a month. But of course, you always have link, like, love, share, subscribe, the usual things uh, online. And we thank everybody who shares in them as well. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Harlopile, we're on Mastodon, all of the usual places. Speaking of usual places, Liverpool. Ninth of May, 11th of May, the semi-finals, 13th of May for the grand final. And if you were hoping to get a ticket and you don't yet have one, you might be out of luck. As you all know, it is in the Liverpool Arena. Tickets went on sale this week. Many of you got tickets. Many, many more of you did not get tickets. And, uh, well, remember how I said accommodation would always kind of like free up a little bit and you might get some more hotels coming in. There was a short window after the tickets went on sale where a lot of people, I think, were just cancelling their hotels. They went back onto. Uh, the market so it's possible to get in your deals there as well it's kind of settled back down again then but i think as we get into april there's going to be even more cancellations more chance for picking up if you're looking for accommodation do keep checking on those website i always recommend refundable uh, if you can but we're getting closer and closer to may now so if you if you're really sure you're going to go this is probably about the time where you're thinking non-refundable is a smart idea. If it's a good hotel, if it's in a nice location, and if you want a little, you know, if you want that personal touch, yeah, I went and got a non-refundable hotel, so I'm locked in to Liverpool and now at least for the second week. You of course have many other options, right? Let's talk about tickets uh, that went on sale last week uh, and sold out last week as well. And as I said, there might be some returns. There might even be a small batch when the staging is built and finalised and the camera is done. There might be a small batch that goes back on sale. But in the main, that's it for tickets inside the arena. If you didn't get the tickets then, you've got a couple of small opportunities, but I think you need to make other plans. There is a lot of talk about the tickets, um, how fast the tickets were sold, problems with ticket masters, touting. So let me just touch on them briefly. First up, in terms of uh, tickets being sold... Given the capacity of the venue is 11,000 completely empty, we reckon about 8,000, 8,500 now with all the bits and pieces inside. Uh, once you take in the tickets for Ukraine, the uh, fan club packages, tickets have to go to the delegations, the sponsors, all of that, five to 6,000 tickets available per show. Not a lot. And a lot of people are saying just get a bigger venue, but that sort of 
simplistic answer ignores everything else around the Eurovision Song Contest, the logistics of backstage, of press centres, of broadcaster equipment, of security concerns, things like the Euro Village, the local features, access, and shh, it's a TV show. <laughs> the important thing is what goes down the camera and what is seen at home. This isn't Hamilton on tour where they have to maximise the revenue and get in as many people as possible. It's getting as many people watching as possible. It is wonderful to be in the audience, don't get me wrong. Um, and it is pricey, as many people have noted. Uh, there has been ticket inflation uh, on previous contests. And tell if you look back even 10 years, it is a ridiculous jump up, far beyond what inflation would do. Why that is, is hard to say without a closer look at budgets, income, expenditures, and these aren't easily available. You know, <laughs> look, if it was really about getting as much money as possible from the ticketing, we would have had dynamic pricing, a bit like an aircraft. Um, whenever you buy a seat, uh, the price goes up for the next seat and the price goes up for the next seat until the revenue is maximized. We didn't have that. We had fixed ticket costs there. Speaking of that, though, look, back of the end, back of the envelope calculations here, nine shows, okay? Let's say an average of £200 per ticket over those nine shows and 6,000 tickets per show. That gives a gross income of about 10 to 10 and a half million pounds now there will be fees and stuff on top of that in tax so you know that is not just straight 10 million into the budget pocket but it'll do for now in terms of a sort of illustration because we have a rough idea of what the budget is on recent eurovisions which is a little bit north of about 22 million pounds so let's round that up to 25 million um because let's face it the electricity bill for one is going to be a little bit bigger this year than last year um tickets are making up about 40 percent uh, on the gross, so you're talking maybe 30% once you take into account of fees and everything. So, yes, tickets are a part of the budget, but they're not the only part of the budget. You want a bigger show, you get a bigger show with a bigger budget. Everything has to lift up very slightly. As for the ticket turning, look, I'm just going to be very simple here. I said this last week. This is a systemic problem in the ticketing industry. It is not unique to the Eurovision Song Contest. So thinking that the Eurovision Song Contest would have a unique solution, no, that's not going to happen. This is on Ticketmaster. This is on the industry, and solutions have to be found there. Uh, one other thing about Ticketmaster is they are also the official reseller. So if you have a ticket from Ticketmaster, you can put it back on sale at Ticketmaster, and it gets listed uh, in the main spot on the website, but only at Ticketmaster co.uk uh, so if you're looking to buy a ticket or if you're looking to resell your ticket and make it official and above board it is through that website anywhere else not going to be legitimate you are taking a chance i wouldn't risk it but your mileage may vary and you can decide how much you feel on that Now, there are other events going on in Liverpool. You have the Euro Village, 25,000 capacity in there. It's going to be ticketed for the Saturday night. No details on that yet. But the other nights are open access, at least until it is full. If you're part of the fan club, you have the OGAE Euro Club. And, well, we've done a whole article on this back at the website. How to enjoy Liverpool and Eurovision without a Eurovision ticket. www.escinsight.com um, there's another big event that's being teased in Liverpool as well by Culture Liverpool. It's for the week before the song contest. And I think they're doing like a big opening ceremony parade of all the nations. Anyway, they've teased that there's going to be a big ticketed event the weekend before outside St George's Hall to open Eurovision. No more details yet, 
But again, something else happening in the host city. And that's before you put on every single nightclub, bar, venue, shopping center, doing specific Eurovision events. So there's going to be a lot to happen on the ground. But I do think a lot of these are going to be like ticketed beforehand. So you might need to make some decisions a couple of days before, not on the night where we're going to watch Eurovision. It starts in 10 minutes. Um, what else is going on? Well, look, here's another example. National Museums Liverpool have Eurofest, where they're going to be showing off arts and performance uh, right through from mid-April through to the 13th of May and the grand final. They're looking for 100 acts, and they've highlighted that they're looking for singers, musicians, dancers, and acrobats. No mentions of clowns, thankfully, but dance, acrobat, singing, musician, clown would tick all the boxes details back there um at their website and there's there's lots going on um visit liverpool uh is a great resource here as well they'll be listing up a lot of the official events so just you know keep your ear to the ground keep watching we'll try and bring you as much as we can here on the podcast and on the website as well we had a guide to turin events last year so i'm pretty sure we'll have one for liverpool this year speaking of liverpool this year it's all about the songs we said earlier at the top what songs have we got going this year? Okay, so we got a couple of internal selections. We got a couple of results from Heat and a couple of We Definitely Chose a Song last weekend. Let's start with the internal selections and Austria. We did expect a song about Edgar Allan Poe. And we got a song about Edgar Allan Poe about the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe that is haunting the fingers of our singers Taya and Selena as they write a hit record with Edgar. How fantastically bonkers. The song is called Who the Hell is Edgar? And yes, it is a bop. But it's also a look at the imbalance in the music industry, the treatment of women, the exploitation of young artists. And of course, it was released on International Women's Day. <laughs> po, 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 po. Right, Azerbaijan, uh, we have an act, but not a song as yet. We just have the artists announced. Uh, they are the twins Tural and Turan. Uh, they're both age 22. Yeah, keep up. Uh, the song is going to call Tell Me More. It's going to be revealed early next week. So I suspect that's Monday or Tuesday. And Azerbaijan trying to manoeuvre themselves into the we're the last song announced, so we're last on the grid. So we're going to get the most momentum. It's a strategy that sometimes gets you nice and high up in the odds other times it's just kind of oh but we've we already had the winner already so see what happens there after a number of teases around the song title the drops and just a little bit of the music from nor Karel, we do have the song that she is going to be singing for israel it is called unicorn and there is a lot going on in this video and sonically as well how this translates to the eurovision stage is going to be a fun challenge as always when you get the songs going out and you're looking for the videos the official channel is probably your best first stop youtube.com slash eurovision you will find all the videos there all playlisted up nicely speaking of the official channel actually italy's uh duvete popped up there very quietly without too much fanfare why is this important because marco mangoni had talked about changing the song after it won san remo and switching to something else for the song contest Given now that the San Remo winner is now under the Eurovision playlist at the official website, I think this is a quiet confirmation that we're getting Duvete as the Italian song. Duvete itself, though, is 3 minutes 45 seconds long. That needs to be chopped down to 3 minutes. Presumably, they found an edit that works for the submission. 
Um, also coming out in internal selection, Switzerland, Remo Forer there with the anti-war theme song, Washagon. Uh, we'll be singing there when we get to Liverpool. And finally, in terms of the internal selections announced last week, the United Kingdom. It's a difficult second album after the Sam Ryder Renaissance. And carrying that flag will be May Martin and the song I Wrote a Song. If the UK fans were looking for a chart-friendly, modern-sounding song, here it is. Tropical Beats, off-tempo bass, V-Works. Enjoy. Okay, four national finals actually selected their songs last week. Uh, Germany, Iceland, Moldova and Serbia. For Germany, it was won by the industrial metal band Lord of the Lost and their song Blood and Glitter. A lovely dichotomy in the song, a lovely dichotomy. Um, just sums up the band and Eurovision as a whole. There's just so many things that all mix together to make one single show. Curiously, fifth in the jury vote, but first in the tally vote. And because it was a, a different, because of the way the points distribution worked in Germany, the tally vote ended up giving Lord of the Lost a big enough lead that the winner of the jury vote couldn't catch them up. So, uh, Lord of the Lost going through there on the strength of the tally vote to Liverpool, nine ran. Up in Iceland, it was the grand final song for Kepnin last week as well. Five going into that show. Uh, first round, a 50% televote, 50% jury, deciding the two performers that would go through to the super final, which was a head-to-head, 100% televote only. The song Power picked up the ticket, Dilia singing that there. Taking Silver was the song OK from Langisa Log Scrimi. Five ran. Down in Moldova, we were expecting a Moldovan artist who'd previously been at the song contest to return this year. And really, we had a choice of three. Those three filled the podium. Uh, third place in the podium there, Aliona Moon. Second place, Sunstroke Project. But standing on the top step and going to Liverpool is Pasha Parfeni returning to the song contest with his song Sorella Siluna. Ten ran. Uh, finally, here's Serbia. Uh, the winner there is Luke Black with the song Samo Mise Spama. Following two semi-finals and a grand final all in the same week. Massive uh, week of music down there in Serbia. Uh, Luke topped the televote and topped the jury vote. Comprehensive win there. In total, 16 ran in semi-final one, 16 ran in semi-final two, eight from each, 16 ran in the grand final. And to round off our classified results, we have two heats from last week. Uh, semi-finals, actually. Uh, first up, Portugal. Six qualifiers from the semi-final of Festival de Cansao. No televoting issues this week. Last week, there was a little bit of an issue, so they sent through seven instead of six to play it. Utterly fair. Uh, so we have 13 strong grand final coming up this weekend. Qualifying through there, Edmund Benicio, Barbara Tinoco, Ines Apenas, Ivandro da Punk Sportif, and also in the running for favourite name of the national final season so far, Voodoo Marmalade. <laughs> 10 ran. Speaking of Festival de Cansau, uh, back on the website, uh, we have a delightful look at the history 
of Portugal's national final selections from the titular Euro Bruno, twitter.com slash Euro underscore Bruno there. But you'll find that article in full back at the website, esinsight.com. We've also got an interview with the exec producer of Melody Festivalen and a whole bundle of other stuff as well. But uh, Melody Festivalen did the semi-final last week as well. It was a straight runoff here. Eight stood up, four fell, four went forward into the grand final this weekend. Nordman, Teos, Kiana and Mariette. You can probably guess where this is going now. Eight ran. Okay, a couple of bit of country news as well as we just sort of move the pieces around the musical chessboard. Uh, Tvorchi, who are singing for Ukraine, have revamped their song Heart of Steel. Of course, any new version of the song has to be submitted to the Heads of Delegation meeting early next week, so it can be mastered, put out in the CD, ready for the streaming services, loaded up into the play system in the venue so it's natural that a whole bundle of songs will get reworked and uh, some of that's because it, it just needs to be done uh, somewhere like albania you know it's set up with an orchestra even though there's a live version it's a chance to rework from an albanian audience to a european audience in terms of ukraine it's pretty much the same process you can spend some time on this one song now rather than the 10 that were in the national final and of course vidber this year took place in amazingly difficult circumstances being held in a bunker in the underground system under the streets of Kiev. So, you know, now they have a winner, they have the budget, they can take that song to get a bit more production. You know, it's it, there's a reason why that's done. You know, it's a reason why, you, you know, the reasons might be for a different starting point, Ukraine, Albania. I mean, we're getting revamps also from Ireland, from Spain, from Belgium and Malta uh, this week as well. This just happens. It's like, you know, you have a draft, you want to give it a little bit of polish before you hand in your work. That's what's happened here. Um, over in Greece, there's been that ongoing court case uh, with the second place from the internal selection, Melissa Manzoukis, filing suit against the broadcaster ERT over issues in the selection. A uh, temporary injunction was requested, but this would have stopped Greece entering the Eurovision Song Contest full stop. So that's been denied by the courts, noting it could not rule ahead of the song contest. So no injunction, but the case is ongoing. Uh, it will be heard after May. Uh, and now that that's been cleared up, a song release can be expected in the next day or two. Uh, Slovenia, uh, not quite a um, remix of their song, but they're re-recording it again for an English language version of Carpe Diem. Presumably it's going to be called Seize the Day, but maybe they'll call it We Like Colin. Anyway, uh, the, the entry is still going to be in Slovene when we get to Liverpool, but in terms of promotion, in terms of getting multiple versions out, in terms of getting more streams and more income on Spotify, because the more 0-003s you can get, the better, English language version will work. No doubt we'll have probably a French version, a Spanish version, a German version, Italian version. I'm sure more of those will come up over the time. Curiously now, Kosovo here, because uh, the broadcaster there has launched Festivality Kenyes. It's a new song contest, and if or when Kosovo enters the Eurovision Song Contest, this is going to be used as their national final. But they haven't entered yet, so it's not a national final. It's just a song contest, but it could be, and we have everything in place. Curiouser and curiouser. Finally, uh, Sweden, they've announced the international juries that will be helping select the Melody Festival and winner. Unlike the rounds, they bring in an international viewpoint. This is the point where you're selecting a song for the Eurovision Song Contest and it needs appeal outside 
of Sweden's borders. Uh, jurors will be coming from Australia, Belgium, Croatia, for the first time, Latvia, Malta, Spain, Germany, and Austria in there as well. Okay, what have we got going on this week? Well, we got a fair amount of writing um, on the website. As already mentioned, we have that look back at Festival de Cancel from Euro Bruna. Uh, we already have a preview of the songs at Melody Festival, but we have an interview with the executive producer coming up probably Saturday morning. So depending on when you listen to this, it's just about to go up or it's just up. So you can go and have a read on that one as well. And we have our ticket guide to Liverpool well, I say ticket guide, it's it's the guide to Liverpool if you don't have tickets. So it's the no ticket guide to Liverpool and beyond as well. Uh, it is the last round of televised shows this weekend. Portugal uh, selecting at Festival de Cansao and Sweden selecting at Melody Festivalen. Uh, thankfully, you can double those up at Central European time, 8pm for Sweden, 10pm for Portugal, so you can get a back-to-back taste of the song contest as well. After that, we are into the preview party season. First up is Barcelona, 23rd, 24th and 25th of March. Tickets available from their website. Uh, Poland and Warsaw, Saturday the 1st of April. Madrid's Pay Party on the 7th and 8th of April. Amsterdam, uh, Eurovision in concert on the 15th of April. And London Eurovision Party on the 16th of April. We've got a double header there as well. Amsterdam to London. Uh, and there's everything that's going on. As I said, visit Liverpool.com is probably a good place to visit now as well, just to keep an eye on all the things that are happening in the whole city. You've got the official YouTube channel for all the songs. Pretty soon the CD is going to be out, so you'll be able to find that on your favourite streaming services or Spotify. But to be fair, there's a whole bundle of playlists uh, made up by other people that will give you all the songs. So there's lots of ways to get your Eurovision burst of adrenaline we're one of them. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next week, seven days' time. Uh, we will have a finalised entry list. We will have, presumably have a little bit more detail about the contest, and we will keep you right as we go from the selections into the rehearsal window as we look forward to Liverpool and the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. To all our friends out there, as always, do stay safe. If we've met you, if we've not met you, please do. Catch you in the next show. to ra for now. This week's ESC Insight News podcast was hosted by Ewan Spence, written by Ewan Spence and the team at ESC Insight, our website, escinsight.com, our Patreon, patreon.com slash escinsight.